Hey, welcome to the Play, Move, Improve podcast. You're listening to Robin Papworth. I'm a mum of three little ones, an exercise physiologist, developmental educator and early learning speaker. I'll be empowering you to set up engaging play activities to improve children's development, health and learning outcomes. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your patience as this has been an episode that I should have recorded many, many months ago. Obviously, being a parent of three little ones has got in the way of my podcast plan. So to those who have been waiting patiently for the next episode, thank you so much. And to those of you that are new to listening to Play, Move, Improve or myself, Robin Papworth, thanks for joining me. And I'm really excited to share this episode with you, which is all about learning how to read. In my experience, I have a professional experience and a professional role in supporting children with dyslexia, dyscalculia and other learning difficulties. And I also have a young man in my life who I have supported, mostly his mum, as I have seen this young man grow from a little tiny baby into a 15-year-old and he has been on his own journey of having dyslexia. When I have been supporting his mum, I have been coaching her on what to do with it. She's my very good friend from primary school. And what I love about coaching parents is that I'm slowly building up her confidence to be able to know how to navigate the system. We spoke often 10 years ago about how to get an assessment, how to get the school on board, how to teach teachers about what dyslexia is and what his needs were. So... It's a little um, skill that I've had that I probably haven't spoken enough about on Play, Move, Improve. Most people see me as just the motor skills lady that does gross motor and fine motor. But I have had a very long-standing passion with learning about dyslexia, dyscalculia and other learning difficulties as this is sits very close to my heart. And watching a young man as he hit grade six many years ago read his first chapter book him and his mum and I were crying because it's just such a joy that we can see in our own family system. We could see that he had such frustration in prep grade one and grade two with reading a book. He never wanted to read a book. He would rather throw a book at us than read it. And then in grade six, when he read his first chapter book, it just really showed us that the brain is a powerful organ. The brain can learn at any age. It's just finding a way of how we teach the brain to learn that's unique to that person. So if you know a family member who has a child with dyslexia or if you know someone who's just recently been diagnosed as an adult with dyslexia, please feel free to share this episode with them. I think sometimes there's a misconception that dyslexia is just about people seeing letters and numbers backwards. It's just a reading and writing challenge, but dyslexia has so much more challenges to it. And of course, strengths as well. I love people, I love learning from people with dyslexia and that they have this incredible grit and persistence in learning all areas of their visual processing. Visual processing is the skill of being able to take what information our eyes are seeing and interpret it in our brain as what those objects or those symbols or those letters might be. And this is where sometimes in dyslexia children, this is where the the challenge is happening. And when we look at visual processing, it's not just looking at what we see on a page in a book. Visual processing can also make it really challenging to coordinate our body because I have to use visual processing skills to throw and catch a ball, to cut out a piece of paper with scissors, to be able to navigate a classroom. So be able to see, is the friend in front of me, are they moving left or are they moving right? What way do I need to position my body so I don't bump into them? It's a really complex condition. 
and it's the good news and what I love about it is that our role in rehabilitation in allied health is there's a lot we can do to support it but I just want to firstly say we need to start with putting the letters and numbers away I think what can happen sometimes in our curriculum and in our education culture is we're quick to just keep giving children with dyslexia sight word or flashcards and if they just keep writing the word bed, you know, with a back to front B and a back to front D, if they just keep writing that word bed over and over and over again, then eventually it will sink it will sink in. But what I've noticed in the work that I've done over the last 10 years is that I, I could have given these children the word bed over and over and over, but sometimes the B will look like a D or a P or a Q. Sometimes they won't even want to look at that word because it just looks like a different language. It looks so confusing. So what I start back at the very beginning is do they even know their lefts and rights? Now, this isn't just a child with dyslexia. This is all of us in general. I've met a very good friend of mine from high school, couldn't tell left and right. When she was learning how to drive, she had to wear a scrunchie on her left hand because that's how she knew that was her left hand. So this isn't just for children with dyslexia. This is all of us. We need to start to make sure that we know our left and right. We know that when an object is upside down, because those cheeky letters B, D, P and Q can stump all of us. And the way that we start this is a simple movement, which you can try today, is I get out the letters B, D, P and Q and I mix them up with letters that we already know. So we might already have a letter A that's quite easy to recognise, a letter M, letter S. And I just want the children to move their body in those types of directions. So for example, I show them the letter S and we just make the letter S in the air, no pencil, no paper, or we might trace the letter S on the wall with a ball. We might get out Play-Doh, we might make the letter S with the Play-Doh. When we do multi-sensories, when we use things that are in our hands, so a ball, Play-Doh, clay, we are adding more fun to the activity, which actually reduces our anxiety and our stress around the letters. I've recently got my therapy dog, Max, and the reason why I got a puppy to have as a therapy dog is because beautiful research shows that when we have a, whether it be an animal or an activity or a resource that calms the brain, calms the body down, we can then focus better. So I just want you to get those letters out, M, S, A, put B and D, P or Q in there as well. And when they get to the letter B, D, P or Q, I want to chat to them about what the letter looks like to them. So I don't, want to, I don't need to know yet what, let, what sound it makes. I don't need to know what the letter's name is. I just want to talk about what the letter looks like. So when I look at the letter B or I have the letter B in my mind, I'm imagining a stick on the left-hand side and I'm imagining a big fat belly of the letter B on the right-hand side. And we want to start talking about that with our children. So, okay, okay, so there's a big stick on the left-hand side and there's a big fat belly of the B on the right-hand side. And the fat belly or the circle of the B is at the bottom of the letter. Where when I look at a P, P has big stick on the left-hand side, big fat belly on the right-hand side. But the letter P has the belly or the circle at the top. So when we start to talk to children with dyslexia about how letters look, where the stick is on the left or the right, at the top or the bottom, we're tapping into their auditory processing because we're talking verbally, we're talking through sound of our own voices and I'm tapping into a different part of the brain, auditory processing. It's taking the pressure off visual processing, what I see, what my eyes are telling me, 
and it's allowing them to describe it with their words. We could then use what we call kinesthetic learning. So kinesthetic learning is we can then use our movement, our body. And for that, I could go, okay, so a P is the, letter, the sticks on the left and the circles on the right. So I want you to make a, a, a circle with your arm on the right-hand side. But with a P, I want you to do it with your arm because that's at the top of your body. And with a B, I want you to do that by sticking your leg out because that's the bottom of your body. What we're trying to do is give them a movement to, they don't necessarily have to do that movement every time they see a B, D, P or Q, but they're imagining that movement. They're using different parts of their brain to try and decode or to try and remember those letters. Now it's not just B, D, P and Q that children with dyslexia struggle with. There's another area that they struggle with which is called spacing. So you can sometimes see children who have dyslexia may also have dysgraphia. So dysgraphia is a, a challenge of getting their thoughts in through their handwriting onto paper. And what we can sometimes see with dyslexia or dysgraphia is the spacing between letters can sometimes be challenging because I've got to get what I want in my mind to put onto paper, but then I've got to space it. I've got to have those visual skills to go, okay, where can I imagine this line on this piece of paper? Where do I put the P? Like, is the P at the bottom of the three dotted lines or is the P at the top? Do I do a capital P or a lowercase P? So all these sort of things have to go into what we call working memory and into our mind of, well, what do we have to do? How do we get our message across into our reading and our writing? And what I want to encourage here is that we need to encourage the foundation of that skill first. So I could get a child with dyslexia to write the word pat or the word quilt as many times as I want. But we've got to try and work out the foundation of that. What is making this so challenging? Unfortunately for dyslexia, we don't have all of the reasons of where the challenges are coming from, what's caused the challenges. But for each individual child... We want to make sure we look at their what we call spatial awareness. So spatial awareness is an understanding of how far two objects are away from each other. And what I've noticed in the work that I've done as an exercise physiologist is I've noticed that some children with dyslexia have poor spatial awareness and spatial understanding of their own body first. So one thing that we worked on with my really good friend's son is in the very early days, we were thinking that in prep and grade one that he would have a diagnosis of dyslexia. Back then, it wasn't as spoken about. It wasn't as common to try and find someone to help. So the first thing we did is I actually researched about dyslexia through American universities. And we started to look at his foundation, what we call motor sequencing skills. Motor sequencing is the ability to go, okay, I want to pick up that ball and I want to aim that ball towards a flashcard or towards a mark that's on a wall, towards a target. That motor sequencing is what order do I have to put these movements in to be able to do that? And what I've noticed in my work is a lot of children who have dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, when I look at their movement skills, it's the motor sequencing that they're finding challenging. I need you to pick up that ball, I need you to aim it towards a target, and then I need you to pick up the ball with your left hand now and put the ball into the basket. You can imagine that's a lot of sequence. I want you to throw it with your right, rebound off the wall with your left, put the ball back into the basket. Now, if we have good motor sequencing skills, then we're going to find this quite, quite okay. We wouldn't find this challenging. What I've found is some children will struggle with that. Which hand is it again? Is it my right hand or my left hand? How do I pick up the ball and aim it at the target? They'll often miss the target. So when we look at supporting children with their reading, 
what I really want everyone to know is that we've got to go back to the foundation skills. It reduces their frustration because if I just keep giving a book or a flashcard to a child with dyslexia and they're struggling to read it, they're struggling to understand what they're seeing and I don't cover that foundation base, I don't go back to can they motor sequence, can they follow a movement plan, can they crawl, You know, can they roll, can they cross the midline. Are their eyes working as a team? We've got to go back to that real strong foundation skill. So what I encourage from this point, if you found this interesting, which I hope you have, is there's other podcast episodes on my Play Move Improve podcast. I have one on visual tracking, crossing the midline, spatial awareness. I also have on my website, playmoveimprove.com.au, there's a pre-reading pack what I encourage is any age to go to the pre-reading activity pack and just make sure that we're able to follow those activities in that pre-reading activity pack. Now, it doesn't matter if the child's 15, if the child's 5, it's our movement sequencing, our ability to coordinate our body happens as a pattern, not at a particular age for everyone. And it doesn't matter how intelligent a child is it doesn't matter whether they're more creative or more mathematical we have to be able to build the foundation first for our motor sequencing for our reading for our writing and so I encourage you to just make sure those foundation skills are developing well first and then of course we can and move on to from there so this is just a little snippet of my my understandings and what I believe in regards to dyslexia. Of course, I am only an exercise physiologist in this field. I encourage if you're concerned about your child's learning, then there are wonderful educational psychologists, speech pathologists work in this area, so do occupational therapists. If you need help on how to navigate the system, where to go next, um, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at Play Move Improve. Always happy to help. Might not always have the answer, but happy to help and refer on to someone who may. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you for your patience as this has been a long time coming episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and please share with a friend who may also need to hear this. Have a wonderful day. Take care. You have been listening to Robin Papworth, exercise physiologist, developmental educator, speaker, author, mum of three from Play, Move, Improve. If you have enjoyed our content, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or on our website, playmoveimprove.com.au. Have a great day.